The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point and we're taking a look at the upcoming parliamentary and voter elections um, and general elections rather in Ethiopia. Now, the European Union has scrapped plans to send observers to a parliamentary election in Ethiopia next month, saying conditions had not been met on communication systems and the mission's independence. Uh, Professor Mamo Mochi is a pan-African scholar and analyst, also recently Research Professor on Innovation Studies at the Tswane University of Technology. Professor Mochi, good morning and thank you so much for your time. Good morning. Long time no no hear from you. Absolutely. It's been a while. It's been a while since we last spoke. Thank you so much yes. for being yes. available for us thank today. You. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. perhaps a good place to start can be maybe with just um, the overall context in Ethiopia right now and the kind of conditions that prevail ahead of this parliamentary election. Yes. Uh, I think, you know, Ethiopia has been under what is called uh, uh, ethnic federal system. Uh, it's like it's a version of apartheid almost uh, that, that it has been under. So, um, the, and that has been for almost nearly 30 years. Mm. So the, the, the new government came and they said they want to change it. Uh, then, of course, the conflict continued. In other words, those forces that were uh, imposing the apartheid uh, ethnic system uh, had very strong connections with the Western world and uh, Europe and everywhere. So they, what they did was when the war uh, happened, uh, they lost uh, the war, we, we are told, physically, but virtually they, they almost won it. In other words, in the media world, you not believe it. In every sphere, they, they became much more... Um, uh, you know, like their case has been very uh, highlighted. And so all of them got involved, even in the United Nations Security Council, mm. the United States, uh, the European Union, who wasn't involved. Everybody got involved and started putting pressure on the current Ethiopian government. Um, but what we, we, we don't know up until now is whatever this pressure happens, there is no uh, reconciliation between or the new new uh, way to move on from what was the conflict time to a non-conflict time that hasn't happened yet in general so now with that what then happened is that the ethnic division continues mm. so not only is it happening in in the tigray area where the, the war happened so a lot of tigrayan people were affected as we heard there's a lot of crisis there. Ordinary people are uh, really dying and many things happen. A lot of them migrated. They were forced. It's unfortunate that happened. In fact, it was not necessary to have gone into war, but they made it and they should have known, even those who made the war, to defend, uh, believing that they are defending Tigray, they should have known that the people will be affected when there is always a war. So they, they got into that. And then what happened is in the other parts of the country, in the area called the Oromo area, Wolega, and then in the, another area called Benishangu and Metekel, you not believe also so many, many people are being killed. Almost daily, it hasn't stopped. 
even there was k- killing uh, in a place called uh, Ataye in uh, in uh, in near Addis Ababa. They, they, they even on the Christmas, the, the Easter day, Ethiopian mm-hmm. Easter on Sunday, there, there was also even conflict and and uh, and, uh, uh, and killings happening. So the country is really in a very difficult situation. Uh, and I don't know when you are you have this difficult situation how you can move on unless all the external forces and the internal forces are all divided. How could we then find a situation to move on mm. from this state to a, a very stable, a peaceful uh, uh, situation is very, very, very difficult. And I'm really, to be honest with you, I'm so scared what's going on in Ethiopia at the moment. This election has been postponed twice already. Of course, there could be multiple reasons for why that took place. But yes. uh, in your view, do you think that it's that these divisions contributed to the decision for these elections to be postponed previously? Yes, the, fir- the first one was postponed because of the coronavirus was the reason that was given for it. Then when the, the federal government said they, they want to postpone it, the regional uh, one in uh, Tigray, that the leadership of the, the Tigray People's Liberation Front, they said they want to run the election and they did it. So they did it, but the, the, the federal government didn't do it. Then the federal government said they want to do it now in uh, June, on June 5, mm. this, this coming June. Mm. Then, of course, the, the, the war happened in uh, Tigray. Because of that, the, uh, what's happening is that's confusion. Now, how could you run an election in a place like Tigray where there's still the conflict has not completely been over? How could you also have an election in, uh, in Beneshangul, in Wollega, in all these different areas where the conflict is continuing? The killing is going on. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to, I mean, also what you have is you have a number, uh, quite a number, of, uh, a number of political parties. The, uh, about 103 parties are there. But I think the ones that have been approved are not that many yet. The, they have decreased them. But the, the problem you have is what's going to happen in terms of the election, even if the, the election happened, uh, will the, the, if they are fighting, Will they accept it? In other words, the defeated will they accept? The defeaters may, uh, the uh, those who defeat might say, uh, the, the others might say, well, we accept it, mm. we we won, we're winners. But the the losers might say, we can't accept you. You are a winner. You see, it may be a very complicated situation because unless you really manage the conflict first, how could you really run an election where uh, uh, all the the losers and the winners? can also come and, uh, uh, and agree. Uh, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. And we have generally many strong challenges in Africa because these election systems, uh, we have copied them anyway from... Uh, from uh, it's not our system. Our, our, our traditional way is uh, we have, uh, you know, rehabilitative justice, uh, you know, restorative justice. Yes, we yes. Restore, I mean, we have other ways by which we could... Traditionally, we could have used our own African values to actually create leaderships in, in our own way. Mm-hmm. And then very, very, but we don't do it. We, we copied it, and then we are now imposing it, and then even creating more conflicts. And then, of course, the external uh, forces have to evaluate you. In other words, 
the European Union, America, all of them, they, they send their delegates to say whether, what you, whether you, the way you run your election is right or wrong. And, they, and who is the standard? The, the, they use their own uh, uh, criteria for how they judge you or not. And at the same time, you cannot even trust them because they may be uh, also influenced by the different political parties. What mm -hmm. relationship they have, you don't know. So I think it's a very Africa we are really in a difficult situation, my sister. I really mean it. We, we don't know how to do it our own way, to even make our own mistakes and correct it our own way. We don't do that. What we do is we copy, we uh, get all these external actors, they send the weapons, they, they uh, you know, they, we are involved with money with them, and then at the same time with each other, we also uh, create conflicts of basis of ethnicity, mm. religion, and many other things like that. Look what's happening in uh, uh, Mozambique now. Many things in all these places, we are having complicated situations. That's I what I see. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm. I want to speak about Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed. And, you know, he came to power three years ago. And he's also received uh, the Nobel Peace Prize, which mm. in and of itself, I think, adds a, a different type of pressure for him to be able to succeed in this project of fostering unity in Ethiopia. What have been the biggest challenges for him in being able to do that? I think the biggest uh, challenge he has is he's, he's got a double job. One is he's a, a, the prime minister of Ethiopia. Mm. And he's also uh, uh, the president of, of the Oromo uh, uh, Prosperity Party. In other words, you are, if you are uh, a leader of the regional party, in other words, ethnic party, and at the same time you want to also uh, be the prime minister of all, the, all of them, I think how could you manage? In other words, if the party has a different idea, um, to the government's idea and you are the, the chair and you accept that idea from the, the, the party of the ethnic group that you are leading, how would you run well also the, the government? You see, you can't, you know, what you see now is conflict. The, what everyone is saying is that the, the Oromo uh, uh, Prosperity Party wants to create uh, an independent Oromo like the the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front wanted to create an independent, uh, separate uh, Tigray, something mm. like that. They, they have these strange agendas. At the same time, he's a, as a prime minister, he says they, he wants Ethiopian unity, he wants peace, stability. I mean, what he says uh, when he speaks, he speaks very good things about what he wants, not just for Ethiopia, for Africa and so on. But in, in practice, it's hard. What you see is contradictions. What is happening now, he... he, he from, uh, uh, he promises he wants peace to be uh, realized in Ethiopia, but look, so many people are dying. So many people have, have been killed, massacred. I mean, um, unbelievable way of killing also. Mm. You've never heard uh, the way, the way the, some of the people have been killed. They, they, they say to you, I've heard this, someone has written it from America, saying that it's not even, we haven't even heard it from Rwanda or uh, the Holocaust or anything like that. It's just the way they did it. Not, it's not saying the number of people. It's the, the, the way the killing has happened. It's never been seen in the, in, the, in, the, in the human race. I mean, that we as humans, we should do. Something like that has happened. And I really think 
his situation is very complicated because unless he, he insists on the rule of law, unless he insists that those people who do this killing must stop, unless he also, also justice comes, unless they are taken, I mean, I mean to, to really, I mean, uh, some measure is taken to make sure that they don't do it, mm-hmm. then uh, how is he, I mean, his, the, his name is now, in a, I mean, really in a difficult situation now. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know how he's going to continue. I think he needs to manage it. Let's uh, let, sure, and, sure. Yes. Yes. Let's look at this situation of the EU, which has then now announced that it will not be observing the Ethiopian elections. They've raised two issues. One is around communication. And the other is around um, the independence of the mission when in Ethiopia. Firstly, when it comes to election observer missions, is it important that, uh, because my understanding of the problem is that the EU wants to bring its own communication system um, as part of observing the elections, and the Ethiopian government is saying, well, you have to use what exists within the country. You can't bring your own communication devices as part of monitoring this election. Uh, is there something unusual taking place there? Yeah, I, I, uh, thank you for asking the question. But may I, uh, I, I ask you um, one question? Uh, uh, you know, uh, suggestion. Why can't the we, the Africans, still depend on the EU, on America, on others? We have the African Union. We have SADC. We have ECOWAS. Why don't we have? We have so many organizations. All right? Mm. But why are we not using our own our own in, I mean, our, our own evaluators our own, you know, system, an African system. Why don't we do that? Why do we depend on the former colonial powers to come and judge us and misjudge us? Mm-hmm. And based on their judgment, we lose and gain. No, this is wrong. Do, 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 um, you, think, do, do you think yeah. that it's an issue of relying on, um, you know, just as you're putting it, as the, on these independent observers from um, the West, effectively, when we know that um, there are different types of election emissions yes. that will observe any kind of elections, including African Union uh, observer emissions, yeah. which unfortunately under COVID-19 have not been uh, performing very well because they're yeah. elections that they didn't even send uh, on the continent to and, and observe yeah but good question uh, I think you know why the, why is the, uh, the European Union or American is often the countries that they uh, uh, send their uh, delegation for to monitor the evaluation uh, of the election they also give aid you see they they what happens is the amount of money they, they give to each country makes them relevant they get invited because if they don't if they stop evaluating they may also stop the aid if they stop the aid the countries feel that they are losing so what happens the dependency continues now this is serious uh, a lot of the countries in africa are very very dependent if we take the 14 uh, countries that were under what's called francophone they entirely rely on france so if France doesn't come and evaluate, it means that they feel that they will lose. So they, they will invite France no matter what. In the same way now here, uh, the Ethiopian situation, the fear probably 
on the on the on this election if the European Union withdraws they will also based on the withdrawal they might also say they would not give aid something like that will happen that's the kind of thing they do but the important question you ask is what, what is first of all the election uh, at the moment is in a difficult situation because of these conflicts that's going on how it is going to do, be done normally is tough that situation exists i mean no matter what uh, whether the European Union says they will go or not go, that's a different issue. The important issue is, will the election be done? And if it's done, will it be properly done? And how can it be done if you have all these killings going on at the same time? Mm. And, and then in some of the areas, you are not able even to do the election because it's not secure enough. If that happens, what does it mean to have the election? I think that is something the government of Ethiopia should self-address. Nothing to do with Europe, nothing to do with the external actors. They should really find out whether they can, the reality, I mean, I'm far away, so I can't say, uh, I, you and me are far away, we don't know exactly what's going on there. But we need to know the facts on the ground to see if a real election can take place, and if it's genuine, it can be done genuinely. And, and all, all these conflicts that are happening are impacting on it and, co and creating many complications that it may really make the whole election a problem. That is a, the mo more important mm. issue than what, whether or not it's monitored or not monitored by Europe or America or anybody else. I think that's what my, my, my main really concern is. Mm. It's more whether or not really the election can go on uh, very well. And, and, and I wish it could go on very well. But, but in the reality we have now with all these conflicts, will it go on? And they might, the government might continue it no matter what, but then what happens in the outcome? Will people accept that the election is uh, legit, legitimate and then say uh, the outcome is something they, they say we can accept? Or would they say those who lose, they say, no, we are not being treated well and everything like that. This is what used to happen always in the past. So will it also be, will it repeat that or will we change it? A new situation will come, a new paradigm shift. I have no idea. I, you, I, to you, be you, honest with you, I don't know what the outcome will be. You, yeah. you were speaking earlier about the role of the African Union and perhaps even other regional groups in moments such as this and where we've had such a high number or such a high level of, of, um, of violence taking place and you've talked about the killings. We haven't really had a strong position from the African Union on what is unfolding in Ethiopia. Yes. You see, that is also the uh, and very important question. In fact, the, the Africa Union has, has organizations, I mean, to whenever killings like that happen, they, 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 should re they, they always say that they are going to act on it. But for some peculiar reason, they are very quiet. I don't know why. No, sincerely, I, I, I don't know why the Africa Union is not very strong and acting and, and, and why we're talking about the Africa, European Union and others, when we should be talking about uh, the African Union taking strong action on this. 
But right? is this I not mean, a general trend of the organization that even though the you know the, there's very strong talk about being able to develop African uh, you know solutions to African problems, problems. the reality is 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 quite different in terms of how far the organization is willing to go in 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 upholding itself to statements like that. No, I, you are absolutely right. The, the, on the talking side and on the protocol side, there's so many things you hear from the Africa Union. On the action side, very limited. You don't see any serious action saying that this is what the Africa Union has achieved. I think we have a problem. And the other problem also is that the Africa Union is still also influenced because, you know, the funding... Uh, most of the funding also comes from external sources. It's not the African governments that contribute, you see, and it's not owned, you see. If, if others pay for you, they influence you, you see. You, you, we should be paying ourselves and really making the Africa Union our own union, not, you know, if over 60% of the funding for the Africa Union comes outside, then the influence of others is going to be very strong. So I think we have a challenge. What you just said is very important. We talk about African solutions for African problems, but we actually create more problems than solutions. And we don't act on any serious challenge. At the moment, what's going on in Ethiopia is something the Africa Union should be the leading to act to make sure that even this election type to go on properly they should be the ones that should be there, mm. very actively engaged. It, it sounds to me what, that yeah. just based on the information that we have right now, uh, in particular about the violence that is, is gripping the country in different parts of the country, that uh, it doesn't sound like the conditions for a free and, and, and fair election could be met. It's, a, it's a not easy now to have free and fair elections if the conflict is going on. Mm. And there are certain areas... That's not even even easy to to do an election because of the the, the the areas are under the conflict. So if that's happening, how can you say an Ethiopian-wide election taking place when you have in certain areas you can't, in other areas you could maybe, and then also there are political parties that say they cannot run the uh, join the election because it's the conflict. Uh, we, we we cannot go on. There are some parties that have refused. All to right. join. So when you have a situation, a conflicting situation like that, I think the leadership, if, uh, my suggestion to the leadership in Ethiopia is to really evaluate, very, uh, you know, do a forensic investigation of exactly what's going on now and whether or not an outcome, the, it's not just doing the election, what would be the outcome? If the, if the outcome of that election is not recognized by those who even went through the election and those who opposed it, then what happens is that the conflict will continue. All what right. we need is to stop the conflict, the killing. Everything has to be. This is number one. Rule of law is number one. Justice is number one. Ordinary people must not be killed because they are not the politicians. They are not the ones. The politicians are the ones that, that create the conflict, but the people are the ones that suffer. So we need to stop that. That is what I think that I appeal to the whole world to actually not interfere in the Ethiopian but to support, uh, including the African Union and others, to support to end all the conflict and all the killings and all the ethnic cleansing that's going on in Ethiopia. I think that's my suggestion. 
Professor Mamo Mochi, let's leave it there for this morning. He's a pan-African scholar and analyst, uh, also research professor in innovation studies at Twane University of Technology. All right, let me take you to these live pictures coming through from SABC uh, TV right now. And it's pictures of that procession uh, of the Amazulu royal family collecting the remains of Regent Queen Mantombi Kamini Zulu.